Yeah, there was, there was a big delay before you said that. Oh, I'm sorry. My timing is not good enough for you. No, actually, I was going to edit it out so that no one would know, and now it just seems awkward. Unless I edit this out, too. Whatever. It seems better now. Don't edit any of it out. Well, well I could just edit this out. Everybody, or I could just move this to the beginning everybody, of the show. Everybody can hear how you just berate me and make me feel insignificant. Oh, that's definitely getting edited out. No, it's not. It needs to stay in. It's important. Is it? I'm crying now, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. So Kevin Smith has a long history with giving opinions about the Star Wars movies before they're out when he visits the set. And when I say long history, I mean since The Force Awakens. So it's not that long, but for us, in recent memory, it's a long history. And that's happened again, and, and we have a little bit to talk about with that. And by we, I mean Mark and me, of course. But Mark... How are you tonight? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm very happy that I was able to weave together some sort of very bad intro without making it too bad. Yeah, it was a little bit confusing because I was like, well, for the average person who's listening, uh, they might just be like, wait, did I miss something? Because it already sounds, what is it, in media res? That's what they call it. Well, because, you know, you you have the beginning. uh, Well, I I don't, to be fair, I don't know if we're going to have a pre-show quick note you never know how that goes well we could do it like we could do it kind of like inside edition or something like that from now on true you want me to try yeah you know if you feel like it okay hold on let me put this together kevin smith says the ending of (laughs) wait let me start again Kevin Smith says the ending of Rise of Skywalker will blow your mind. Kylo Ren gets a backstory and red Sith troopers or just a dirty little rehash tonight on podcast 27. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's very true. <laughs> so we're going to start with the whole Kevin Smith thing, right? Yeah. So he was he was just talking recently about I think wasn't he doing uh, I don't know if it's a promo or what but he, he was just discussing the Jay and Silent Bob, Bob stuff right yes the uh, reboot or right. uh, reimagining or whatever it's called right so and in the in the process of doing some conversations about that he did mention that he was go figure on the set for the Rise of Skywalker. Um, and basically, he's making it seem like whatever the, the end, and I mean like the end of this movie is, is absolutely insane, melt your mind, like, he, he no one even wants to see it. Well, he, but, but again, he hasn't seen it. Right. So, so from what, you know, because I listened to the interview also, it, it's basically that He's there, you know, he, he begged J.J. Abrams to come let him uh, watch some filming. So he goes, and he's there and looking at stuff. And somebody says, have, have you seen this one set uh, for the finale? And he's like, no. He goes, oh, it'll blow your mind, but you probably shouldn't see it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I wish I never saw it. And so right. they asked J.J. Abrams to see the set. And J.J. Abrams like, no, you don't want to see the set. <laughs> Why not? Because it'll ruin it for you. Right. So, you know, I don't know. What's the set? What's the final set? 
it's hard because like on the one hand a part of me wants to go to the Lars homestead but at the same time that's kind of like obvious no it depends on who's there at the Lars homestead well yeah but if we're talking strictly set i mean that's the first thing that i think of but again i don't see why the set in and of itself would be mind-blowing yeah people on it could affect that true that, like, I tell you, though, know, if you I see, tell you personally, oh, well, if, you, if you see Ben wearing a white Vader costume, then yeah, you know, like that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and or, or yeah, silver, like Phasma. Silver Everything's still Vader. there in Tunisia. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think it's changed that much. And with a little CGI, you know, you can fix anything up. Well, they just uh, used it. Uh, what, fourteen years, fifteen years ago, I guess, for filming. Yeah. For Revenge uh, uh, of the Sith. Did I, did I tell you, Tim, that uh, one of my new favorite ideas for the ending of the movie? I might, I might have heard it, but it, I, I, don't, I don't know. Go for it. It's completely opposite of uh, the speculation we've been talking about. But part of me hopes that Rey sacrifices herself at one point for, to save Kylo. Kylo realizing, you know, he's been wrong the whole time. He sort of pledges his life to honor, you know, Rey's sacrifice and his family and Luke Skywalker. So then he takes the name of Ben Skywalker, you know, to honor Luke, to honor his grandfather, you know, and and to keep the line going. And it ends with him, you know, at the Lars homestead where he looks out and sees, you know, the twin sons. I think that's a cool idea. I don't think it's going to happen for a few reasons. Why? Why? Uh, well, first off, uh, hey, hey, Bad damn shit. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Uh, no, because first off, you you uh, uh, you really upset a lot of people with that if you do that. Not that you need to make your decisions based off of who gets upset about it but yeah you don't want to alienate your audience for the grand finale of a huge franchise um but also Look, at this point if you end the franchise with uh ray and kylo holding hands that they just defeated <laughs> all evil you're gonna piss people off <laughs> no you know i mean, mean? To, to, to be fair i mean i think i've said this before it doesn't matter what the ending is Somebody oh, yeah. is going to be really up in arms about it. Yep. I mean, I mean that. Yeah, that, that's just that's how it is. Uh, you just have to try and get it like the least amount of people pissed off. Yeah, because you can't please the globe. Um, but what I will say is that in addition to that thinking, uh, it's also based off of the. And this is kind of going back into leak slash spoiler territory. Um, reports from Jason and making Star Wars have said that. Kylo slash Ben sort of kind of dies in a sacrificial kind of way. Oh, yeah? So I don't understand how it would be like for you to be saying that the script is flipped and it's Ray who does that. It just doesn't go with he that. He sort of kind of dies in a sacrificial way like kill me so that the uh, Palpatine cannot be in my body. Yeah, like we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? <I don't> know. <laughs> but see, there's somebody, somebody else. You know, yeah. 
Listen here, on the night of uh, <laughs> September 28th, is it true that you killed <laughs> Ben Solo so that Palpatine cannot be in his body? Hmm? Yes? No. Sacrificing himself for the greater good of the Republic? Nothing you will say yes will no? confess. Confess! I did it! Right. Okay, oh, that's it? Just no, okay, good? Yeah. But, but see, somebody else said that I... Uh, <laughs> Which would completely... Well, I don't know if it necessarily... Yeah, if he sacrifices himself, another person's idea doesn't count either. But they said that the, the set was the temple on Yavin. And then it ends uh, yeah. with uh, Ben Solo getting presented with his father's award, which you see the award in the trailer. Right. And they're all up there. Poe, Chewbacca... Uh, Finn. I don't know if Rose is because again, I don't even know if Rose is in the movie. Uh, anybody else? Admiral Akbar's back from the dead. Zombie Ak. Everybody. You know, not gonna lie. Jar Jar's like yo. Well, like the concept of them ending the entire franchise with the visual of what ended the first one is kind of cool, you know. It is. I mean, it, it takes a lot of story to get there, but if we have like a three-hour movie, you can get all the story in to make that work. I honestly think that it's going to end up being uh, the throne room that they're talking about. It's a throne. It's the throne room. Maybe it's underwater. It's in a. It's in an air pocket. I could. So, I, I don't know. I like. Uh, I hate doing this, but it, we're here again. Where the more I think about it, the more I like this idea. I'm visualizing like an overgrown throne room with these like, with our current heroes standing there. Yeah, like perhaps that's where, like, and I hate to say it, but perhaps that's like the Horcrux of the situation. Like, you can't get to defeat Palpatine until you get that piece of him that's left behind in the throne room or something. And like R2 and 3PO are all emotional about being there again. They go swimming. <laughs> R2 transforms into like a sub. You see, you know, this is what I this is what I really like. I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see a little bit more R2 gadgets. Uh, I mean, okay. You know what? I'd like to see R2 do something. How's that? Yeah, no, I know. I think well. Because we keep getting the implications that 3PO is the, really the one in this episode who gets the attention. He was honestly uh, the one that I assumed would be kicked aside. Yeah. No, because you said that uh, for a while. Yeah, many times. I really want R2 to come in and just have one of his arms be red and he just like whistles. He probably didn't recognize me because of the red arm. Ah! I, still, I still hope that somehow uh, they get flipped. Oh yeah, no, I really would not be surprised if they did, because like that that could work. It, that could be a nice uh, uh, character comedic thing that fits them both. Plus, I mean, didn't R two originally have a voice like really early on anyway? I think so. I I, yeah. I would be curious to see who what the voice is supposed to be sound like. I mean, well, they can just put Anthony Daniels on saying words for R two. No, I don't want that though. I would I would like. I'd like somehow for just the voice I mean, of R2 to come out of uh, 
Well, wouldn't like the the voice box or whatever, like technically speaking, wouldn't it be the same? I guess it would be the same, but it may not have the same mannerisms. Well, yeah. Could be like now. Listen here. But we but, can still get Anthony Daniels to do it, just with a different, yeah. entirely different voice. That'd be. Funny oh yeah, enough. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying getting a. Uh, I'm not saying getting somebody else his voice to come out of there. I'm saying getting Anthony Daniels to say the lines that. He R two would say because it sounds like R two is a little bit of a a little bit of a punk, which I right. like. Like he talks right. a lot of smack. So I, I'd like to hear that, but I don't, I don't even know why we even thought that was a possibility in the first place. Well, because we talked about that there was again based off one of the leaks and stuff. There was conversation about there being like a funny moment between R two and three PO that's relating to like bad wiring or something. I forget something like that. I think it had to do with the marketplace. I'd have to look back at like our notes and stuff. But I think it was heard notes. You know what I mean? And uh, it was something to that effect. Hey, uh, uh, although I know this is, sh- this is the business aspect of the show, but we need to put spoiler right, right up in the front. Yeah, I know. We really died right into that. or dove right into that. Whatever. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. I'm tired. Speaking of diving, uh, so supposedly that's what they do into the the Death Star throne room, yeah. I mean, we do have we do have there is actual concept art of her swimming into the Death Star throne room from Force Awakens. Yes, of Ray. Yes. So I, you know, and I remember, I think it was Peter Shreda at one point mentioned that that was the one he was referring to. When he talked about, you know, things they were, re- excuse me, reusing for, from Force Awakens for Rise of Skywalker. So I don't know. I'd be, I'd be curious to have our, our uh, listener, whoever they may be, to uh, send us what they think the, uh, the oh wow, mind melding or mind melting uh, moment is. I do know we have one person on board with our theory of how the movie ends, which is Josiah, because he mentioned on Twitter, hashtag, we love I think Dar- uh, Darth uh, Magnus is, is uh, into yes. it, too. Yes, he has said that, too. You're right. Because uh, I, I was just thinking, because the other day, I think Josiah just said something about how he said the same thing that I said, which is that if they do anything else in this movie to end it, other than what we discussed previously, it's going to be a little disappointing. Like It like, just really I'm feels sold. like... Some version of that feels like the way to go. Yeah. Doesn't have to be obviously exactly what we said, but yeah, you know, and again, <laughs> well, I, I, again, this all depends on whether or not you can bring back uh, Hayden Christensen. He's he's the key, I, in my opinion, to making this work. Yeah, I really don't think that would be too much of an issue. Why? I really don't. He, well, it was was it Celebration Orlando? Was it where like he came back and he was like overwhelmed emotionally with how much support was there? Oh, and then he came back the next year in Chicago, right? Yeah, or yeah, which is where Chicago. I met him. Yes, that's right. Sliding that, that in there, yeah. We're we're basically best friends now. Hey, you guys DM all the time. Yeah, he doesn't have mm-hmm. Twitter, and we still DM all the time. <laughs> right. So, uh, I don't know. I, I could I could totally see it happening, especially because you know. If again, if I remember correctly, he has been totally fine with this whole Star Wars thing. The only reason that he kind of fell off the radar was because I, I remember reading somewhere that 
uh, people were just handing him roles left and right because they wanted to say that Anakin was going to be in their movie. And he felt like he did not earn as an actor the right to be in these films. So he kind of like took himself back from the scene for a little bit and kind of wanted to work his way back into things. I, I forget where this was a couple of years ago, but I read that. And at this point, I mean, he's doing whatever he's doing with his life and his career. And, and I think he's established himself for who he's going to be. It's not going to hurt to have a cameo that, especially now, you know how how warmly you'd be received in this current iteration of these films. If you have a cameo, it would be awesome. And and again, he would be the representative of the prequels to the sequel trilogy, mainly. Well, and not just that. And this is one of the things I think that, that at times people like J.J. Abrams may forget, but. 50% of your audience at this point, maybe more, their Star Wars is the prequels. Yeah. That that timeline. I mean, they may prefer Clone Wars or whatnot, but 50% of the people, yeah, that uh, love that era. Yeah. And, and so, you know, granted, the guys who are writing it now are older than that and grew up on with Star Wars, you know, either at the movie theater or on home video, but a huge part of your fan base absolutely loves a prequel. So I think that may the, be the biggest crowd pleaser if you're able to, if you manage to bring back uh, Anakin. And honestly, they're, they're with it enough to know they're they're not going to overlook the fact that this is the climax of 30 years of movies, not 10. Well, and, and again, you know, it's a Skywalker saga. Yeah. Starts with Anakin Skywalker well, Shmi Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, then obviously Luke Skywalker, Leia Skywalker at one point, you know, for like two hours. Yeah. Well, and then, much, goes, to, and then goes to Ben Solo. And, and how much but, involvement is there going to be anyway? Like, give Hayden, you know, 10 minutes of screen time at the end in a climax out of a three hour movie, you know, you make everybody happy and it's not like you're, you know, throwing the rest of the movie just to put in the prequels. Like it's only a few minutes in the whole thing. Like, and it fits and it works so well and everybody's happy. Oh yeah. I'll be happy. I feel like every, I don't know, third episode, we end up back talking about this, the same thing. <laughs> well, and the thing is, one of the things is it's just something exciting to speculate about, but at the same time, there's not a lot going on. That's true. You know, which is which is another thing that we could talk about is is that you can you can really sense, especially after after uh, Marvel Studios came out just guns blazing yeah. at San Diego Comic Con, just unloading like like listen, we're only giving you two years and ten things because we can't even uh, you know we don't even have time to tell you. All the other things coming out after that, but looking hey, at guess Fantastic what? Four. Yeah, we're doing Fantastic Four and Blade, and we still got Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther and Captain Marvel two, and we got mutants. And it's like, whoa, holy crap! Yeah, and that's I mean, all that's being pushed off. Yeah, and their slate, their slate alone of stuff for Disney Plus is amazing. Is everything from the original, uh, the original phases? Let's say. Uh-huh. It's basically what happens to the Avengers after Endgame. 
it's the Hawkeye show. It's you know the uh, the Wanda and Vision show. It's here's Loki from Endgame, but it's a different Loki. Here's Falcon, who's now Captain America. Here's Winter right. Soldier. You know, and it's like for 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 Star Wars, I'm like, oh yeah, we got um. We have Mandalorian, and we haven't shown you a trailer yet, and we also have uh, Cassie and Andor. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and that's kind of a separate conversation. We don't even need to get to that yet about Michael Chikino. Um, But the first thing that we need to be getting to following the Kevin Smith conversation is the Sith Troopers, because yes. there have been a couple leaks about them for a, little, a few months, especially the poster. That was the big thing was that leak poster, which has pretty much everything at this point been confirmed on it, with the exception of, I think, just Chewie, or I'm sorry, 3PO holding Chewie's bowcaster and, and bandolier. I think that's the only thing on there that hasn't been confirmed, which means it's also confirmed. Which, I, I'm thinking back to when Mark Hamill was talking about the poster, someone asked him if it was real. Um, and he was basically like, I, I feel like it's the work of some very passionate fan. And he said, I mean, Chewie holding a bowcaster with a laughing face next to it. And right. every other thing on there has been confirmed <laughs> way before they were released. So anyway, um, I, so I, just, I don't know if that means that he doesn't know about all of it or if he was just trying to throw people off or I don't know. But um, honestly, I don't think I don't think he cares anymore. Well, I mean, that could be too. Yeah. yeah he's, like, he's one of those people that, that is so invested uh, in that character. You know, it's almost like it takes on a life of its own. And obviously he puts a lot of, uh, the character means a lot to him. I get it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you play a character, so. Right. Well, um, anyway, Sith Troopers, uh, they, <laughs> there was like a leak about them again with the poster and some other things back a few months ago. Now they have been officially confirmed slash revealed. Uh, if you haven't seen them, you should go look them up because they're they're pretty cool. It's basically just imagine. I'm sure you've seen it by now, but just imagine the first order stormtroopers that we are familiar with, but red, and a little bit more angles and lines in in the costume, and with a uh, black bar down the middle of the face mask, kind of reminiscent of the clone helmets. That's about it. And and. and they're called Sith Troopers, which is really interesting because, again, back early on when Jason had an article at Making Star Wars about it, he referenced them being called Sith Troopers, but didn't know if that was uh, what they were officially called or what just being called on set, what the sources were calling them, like, didn't know the, the context. But they have since been revealed to be called Sith Troopers, which is going to be another interesting implication potentially to the story. Uh, because they're not Kylo's troopers or anything like that. They are Sith troopers. So we are under the impression that the Sith have been extinct since the Emperor died on Death Star 2, right? Essentially? Sure. So where do Sith troopers come from 30 years later? Well, okay, there's that. And then the other thing is is that the way... The way... um the way the trilogies or the, or the saga presents itself is that the average person doesn't know there's a Sith or what the Sith are. Palpatine, you know, the average person isn't going, oh yeah, Palpatine, he's, he's a Sith. What's a right. Sith? 
Oh, it's the opposite of a Jedi, the people that he killed and the people that we hated. You know, he's just Emperor Palpatine. You know, I have right. royal guards to protect me, but trust me, if you get close enough, I'm going to F you up. <laughs> I mean, th- that's honestly the way that I perceive it. Right. You know, and now it's just like full, full blown. Guess what? I'm really a Sith. <laughs> and uh, I got troopers. And I don't know. I don't know what the point of him is. And I, and I think, honestly, the name's a little lazy. The concept feels a little lazy. Well, um, well, at the same time, I could also see it where, like, Death Troopers, for example, if, we, if it weren't for the marketing and stuff, we'd have no idea what they were called. And the, the title has not really much to do with their job it just has, or their origins. It has to do with them being super creepy. Uh, that's and very efficient. true. So I could also and, kind of, yeah, and they could, kind of they kind of revolve around working with the Death Star information. Yeah. So I could see it. I get that. You know, I basically troopers, and we never hear that in the context of the movie, and it really might not have story implications. It's just you know cool marketing, and I do feel like we're going to see their helmets all over packages and stuff, along with Kylo's new red. Oh, that visual is going to be awesome. I didn't even think about that. Like the red troopers with the black highlights standing next to Kylo with the black helmet with the red highlights. That's going to look pretty good. awesome. I, I do think, I do think it is. I'm not a fan of first order helmets at all. Um, whether it be, I mean, I don't hate it. I'm not like, Oh my God, but it's definitely not my favorite. My, my favorite, you know, type of, uh, Trooper helmets would be the, what, phase two for clone trooper, which is pretty much what this looks like. Yeah. So I, I think this is the best looking first order helmet that we have. Uh, I like the look, but it's nothing that's completely original. Right. Uh, and I didn't necessarily expect it to be, but it just kind of feels odd after just getting the Praetorian Guard. And then you have this, and it's like, okay, I mean... I guess if the rumors are true and Snoke was really Palpatine, then he loves red. <laughs> loves well, red. And there's also that uh, kind of new logo that's going around that people think is associated with a Sith logo now. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. They also there was a leak about the Visual Dictionary cover. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw the new Tie Fighter on there. Right. Um, anyway, I think it was there. It might have been like the sticker book or something like that. Anyway, there was a new logo on there that's been associated with the potentially like a Sith logo. And I think it has to do with the, the hot toys for the Sith Troopers 2 and stuff like that. Um, what I think the hot really... toys, that, that Darth Maul is amazing. Oh, it, it really is. The solo one? Oh, my God. It really is. <laughs> I right, saw Corey sorry. post something about that. I'm like, dude. Huh. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> uh, what I think is interesting about the, and this is probably just looking too much into it, but if you look at the Sith logo, to me it looks like you're zoomed in really close to the top center of the Rebel slash Resistance logo. It looks like it's basically the same thing, like the based around the the. the it's weird. Pull up the logo, like <laughs> I zoom in around to the top and and look side by side. I think you'll get what I'm saying. I don't really know how to describe it, but to me it just looks like a blown up version of that. So, and again, it probably has no like story implications. It's just a neat observation that I noticed. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but but this is a podcast and we talk about Star Wars stuff, so there we go. That's right. And if we we were a Marvel podcast, we'd have way too much to talk about. We have so much. 
And, and instead, because we're not a Marvel podcast and we are a Star Wars podcast, instead, we're going to be analyzing and picking apart the fact that Michael G. Kino tweeted something. Yeah, that was weird. But you're aware that he tweeted something, right? Of course I am. Um, I, look, he told me he was going <laughs> to tweet it, and then he tweeted it. We're that oh, close. he told you? Oh, yeah, buddies. Nice. So he... Uh, He's been bouncing around a little bit recently. He's been in Washington, D.C. a bunch recently for the uh, 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, uh, which is really cool. And Which, by the way, there's a fantastic website about that I saw today. I forget what it's called. I have to remember. But it's basically, it like recreates like a central on your screen, all the information you need. There's video, audio. Oh, it's like, awesome it's, li- it's real time. Yeah, yeah. You can experience it in real time or skip to the highlights or whatever you want to do. It's so cool. Anyway. Uh, for those of us who weren't alive then. Um, so, yeah. Oh, can I say something real quick? Yeah. I got totally in trouble with my wife the other day. <laughs> okay. My wife's older than me. Okay. Not by a ton. By an acceptable age, whatever that means. <laughs> so we're in the car with my son, and it's the anniversary of, of uh, you know, Apollo, the moon mm-hmm. landing. Uh-huh. And so I tell my son, with my wife sitting there, I go, your mom is the only person in this car who was alive before <laughs> man walked on the moon. Yeah, why did you think that was a good idea? I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't too thrilled uh, <laughs> with, with, with me pointing out that she's 50, so. Well, and babe, if you're listening, don't look at the day over 35. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll second this with no context. It was funny though. Um, so Giacchino, Michael Giacchino, was in Washington D.C. a bunch recently, and uh, and I was thinking about it because he was posting pictures. He was at the Air and Space Museum and all this kind of stuff, just walking around posting pictures. And I'm like, how many people there don't know that who they're like walking next to? Like, I should just pop up and be like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I met you before. This sounds super creepy, but I'm a big fan. <laughs> What did you mean by this tweet? You know, and I'm sure he would have explained it in detail. We hope. He's a he's a nice guy. No, uh he said, and this is his tweet, he says, Hi at Star Wars. Hope you're having a great evening. That's it. Nothing else. So obviously I, I think a big part of the speculation about this has been uh Cassian. He's getting a TV series for Disney Plus. As of now, no composer has been announced for it. However, Cassian as a character has already been composed by none other than Michael Giacchino. Very possible. Oh, yeah. And, and I think... Oh, I, um, hold on. I, give me a second <laughs> to compose my thoughts. Uh, I, I think it's the same thing. You know, he, he did really good in picking up some of the uh, uh, more minor cues from a new hope the stuff that doesn't get carried on to empire strikes back and jedi the stuff that feels exclusively like you know that 70s star wars vibe he did fantastic with it in world war and so i think he'd be the perfect person to continue doing so he even used the the four notes when they show the death star for the first time in a new hope don't hear from that again since that but he uses that with the death star in rogue one it's four notes but it's so effective and awesome yeah it's it's almost like he's definitely a uh uh like a scholar of that era so to speak right so yeah i, I think i think 
he'd be the obvious choice for it, and he'd be more than happy to do it. The qu- the question is, does he have the time? But I mean, really, what's what's he? I don't even know when the next Jurassic. He's so yeah. fast, though. Well, well, certainly is, and he's had relatively, and I mean this in a good way, he's had a slow summer when he usually speeds up over the summer. And when I say I mean this in a good way, I mean I'm glad that he's not overdoing it, because he it so Far From toll. Home was fantastic. It was. It was, like, as a movie and a score. Uh, real quick, by the way, I just have to point out, everybody says that I'm the robot, right? You clearly just gave away the fact that you're the robot. Why? Like, you couldn't hear yourself, but you were... Like you have a voice box and everything for a minute there. Oh, right on. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, just you know, proof I'm not the robot. It's been Mark this whole time. Yeah, I th- I, I I think he's the obvious choice. Um, you know, and and and, and he's I, got I wish... so much experience with serials or, or or shows. You know, like I was like serial. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Lucky Charms. Uh, no, he's he's got a lot of TV shows, or um, I don't know how many well, miniseries sure. he's done. Well, he's done Lost. He's done Alias. Um, I'm not sure. He he designed a little bit of, of the groundwork for Fringe, although I think he left pretty quickly on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, you can definitely feel his his imprint on it. Yeah. Uh. But you know, I, well, how many seasons was uh, was lost? Five, six, was it seven? Nah, something like that. It was long. We're gonna find out because I have the internet at my fingertips. Some of some of his seasons. best music still to this day, lost. also lost. Six. He just six. Yeah, he just did. He just did a concert. That that's the one concert I'd like to see. Uh, if I didn't, man, I I I gave up John Williams uh, this year to go see. Game of Thrones in concert, and I know that sounds sacrilegious to some people, but like those of us who have never been able to see John Williams, yes, go on. Yeah, but okay. Look, uh, I saw the picture of your little garden party with uh, Michael Giacchino uh, when you went and saw Star Trek in concert. I mean, it literally looked like you're out in a little rotunda uh, or a gazebo outside in 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 like the garden, and there's like ten chairs set up in front of him to hear him talk. That that's the perception that I got of the pictures that you sent. Well, that's pretty wrong? accurate. No, that's pretty accurate. Right. And then last year for Jurassic World, when I just like flat up went up and talked to him and shook his hand. Yeah. And signed so, my thing. so look, I'm not <laughs> sure if the hundred, no, not hundred fiftieth. Excuse me. It's like the five hundredth row in watching John Williams <laughs> is better than you know. Hi, Mr. G. Kido. Can, can we talk shop? Uh, well, I mean, I mean. It's the yeah. next best thing to John Williams. So it's not a one-to-one comparison in that way. No, it's not. It's, it's definitely not a one-to-one comparison. I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. I wanted to mention, too, real quick, when we were talking about the uh, uh, series he's done, he also did Alcatraz, which was a very short-run series. But oh, I that was really it. short. Yeah, I watched it at the time. I thought it was good. I don't know why I didn't like come back for more. If I watch it again, I might think differently. But at the time, I thought it was good. Um, he did that also, which uh, that was J.J. Abrams too, right? At least produced. Yeah. yeah. Produced. Anyway, so the point is that he does have a lot of familiarity 
with doing music for a series of shows or episodes. And we don't even know if Cassian, it might just be like a five part one season thing. I mean, we don't know for sure what it is yet. So we know Mandalorian a little bit better. We know it's coming for season two and all that. Uh, but we don't have a full grasp of the Cassian show if it's going to be the same thing as the Mandalorian or if it's going to be entirely different. So, and it, yeah. honestly, they could start where he does the pilot or the first two episodes, and then someone else does the rest. He doesn't have to commit to every episode. Well, you know, and the other thing about Giacchino is that I don't think I'm trying to think if there's a composer working today. Uh, besides, you know, obviously Williams or, or whatnot, that has a better grasp on um, themes or, or light motifs for a character in just almost bombarding you with it. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Because, I mean, Spider-Man's theme is one of the few th- themes right off the top of my head I can think of right now in Hump. Because he gives it to you in these movies eight million different ways. And I think when a situation like Cassian, you know, you're going to get a Cassian theme. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the focus of the show. And so once that thing's kind of laid down, it, it makes everything else pretty easy. Once you come up with that theme, you know, I think Gene Keenan is really easy to just work everything else around that. Or KTUSO theme. He's already got the Empire theme. He's already got the, uh, you know, Stormfruit Stormtrooper music or the sort of imperial stuff, but you know, and he, and he could definitely pull those suites that he created for, for um, Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. Well, and honestly, like the imperial oh! suite is going to be perfect for this show. Can we get the Guardians of the Wills? And in, 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 uh... I was just thinking about that actually. I, I feel like like that could be. An episode, like toward the end of a season one kind of thing, like centered around them. Do we really want more than one season? I I don't know, because like I don't know how it's going to play out, or, or where the timeline exactly is, or how. It, I mean, I don't expect more than two. I'll say that. Uh, I don't know if it'll be one or or two or what. But but when when Jin asks him who they are, and he's you know he knows he talks about the Guardians of the Wills and all that. Maybe he has some sort of previous experiences or encounters with them. Uh, as a as an organization, I don't know if Donnie N would show up or uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. That. What's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, Baze. What's his name? Oh, um, 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 um I don't know. <laughs> uh, it doesn't have to be that. It would be awesome if it is, but um. Hold on, I'm looking this up. Space Malibus, I remember that. And he is played by Zhang Wen. Anyway. Yes, Zhang Wen. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it can be others. You know, it doesn't have to be those two. No, again, I repeat, it would be awesome if it is. But it doesn't have to be them. It can be anybody from that organization. And that's a great way to give further backstory on them, which people want. Uh, it kind of explains, it gives a little bit more context. Like what Rogue One kind of gives context for A New Hope, something like that, in a smaller way, could give context for Rogue One. And uh, you get to use the music. Which is hey, awesome. You know, I, I happen to be pulling something up here. And uh, right now, apparently, it, it must have known that we were talking about this. 
because this was literally one minute ago that this was tweeted out. Okay. Uh, Verisi Saraban Records, which is a, a renowned soundtrack uh, label. Right. They have an iTunes soundtrack sale. It's on now. The prices range between four ninety nine and six ninety nine. There's okay. a wide variety of their releases available. Every release or every season of Lost by Michael Giacchino is available from between four ninety nine and six ninety nine. Yeah, I, I'm because you're talking about that. I'm pulling up their account now. Yeah, it says yeah, the iTunes soundtrack sale is now, and it yeah. has Sicario, Game of Thrones, Star Trek Nemesis, Lost, John Wick, and these are some pretty good uh, composers. By the way, we have Johan Johansson with Sicario, of course, Ramin Djawadi with Game of Thrones, Star Trek Nemesis had Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, Lost had that Michael Giacchino guy who is pretty promising. Uh, and John Wick 3, it says, which is Tyler Bates. And uh, who else is it? And Joel Richard. I don't remember. I just remember it was Tyler Bates. Um, so, and that's all they tweeted so far, I think. But that's some good stuff. Yeah, so Michael Giacchino is going to do Cassian Andor. Confirmed by them tweeting that when we are talking about it. Yep. Take it's it to the bank. bank. Oh, yeah. Cash a check. Let me check just out of curiosity. I'm going... <laughs> there are two other labels I'm going to just to see what they've tweeted about anything recently. Um, we, we, we're not going to count retweets, correct? We have to go back to the last original tweet? Uh, Sure. That's fine. Okay. Last original tweet talks about Day of the Dead by John Harrison, so that doesn't help us much. They're out. Uh... These guys also retweets and they talk about Star Trek Discovery season two score by Jefferson Russo, but they're talking about Star Trek, which the current sound is created by Michael J. Kino. Therefore, hey, uh, this also yeah, confirms I, I, it. I, I get your, I get your six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> If I were to say six degrees of Will Smith, would you get that that reference? I will no. Okay, that's fine. Because <laughs> I believe Will Smith was in Six Degrees of Separation. Oh, okay. All right. So, anyways, um, real quick side note on Star Trek. Did you see the Picard trailer? No, I did. I saw something about it was like trending or something a couple days ago. It, but I it didn't looks see great, it. and it's got everybody in it. And then I was like, "Oh, that's fantastic!" Well, it doesn't have everybody in it, right? But then all of a sudden, uh, the girl who played uh, Counselor Troy—you you ever watch Star Trek? Some. She's like, "Hey, because it can now be revealed that I'm in it, and the guy who played, you know, uh, Riker, uh, Jonathan Frakes, were both in it." And I was like, "Where'd that get revealed?" Because <laughs> it's not in the trailer. Everybody else is in the trailer. You're not a Star Trek guy. I mean, there there are parts of it and, and things that are cool and good, but I am not someone to closely follow it or watch all, all right. the series or anything. All right. So best to like move on. I'm I'm weird apparently because and if there are any trickies out there, I don't know why you're listening to this, but you'll get mad at me for saying this. But like I consider the the JJ movies being Star Trek and then uh, Into Darkness, those two being some of the best things that Star Trek has put out. So again, I know some trickies will get mad about that, but that's me. 
our uh, our listeners may be hearing some squelching right now. I'm not sure, but okay. But it's it's. I definitely understood everything you said. So, all right. Well, I mean, I hope it worked out. Is, is potential squelching done now? No, it's still there. Ah. It, it, it comes back and, and goes away. See, see, I was a Star Trek was one of those things that I watched with my dad, especially the original series. Yeah, it it was like on our local channel five, I think, on reruns. And and if he was home, he'd, it'd be on. He'd somebody come out and watch it with him, and I'd go out and watch it with him. And I love that. And so when Star Trek: The Motion Picture came out in the movie theaters, it was that was my dad's like Star Wars, like let's go, let's go. <laughs> and so we went and saw Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and it was laborious. It was like, oh man, what is this? Because they thought, you know, from seeing Star Wars, that people wanted to see just ships. And so there is long... If you've never seen Star Trek The Motion Picture, there is just ships. Uh-huh. I think it takes like 50 minutes of the movie for them to get out of, of uh, the, the dock. Right. And, it, and it's like, okay, what is going on? Yeah. It didn't... And so... You can look back, like I can look back on Star Trek The Motion Picture now, and, and I think of it fondly, and it's actually a pretty decent movie. It's directed by Robert Wise, who, who's a fantastic director. Um, but when he took me to see Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, that was like, wow. That movie's fantastic. And and so I have a real fond memory you know, of Star Trek. I, I watched when uh, The Next Generation came out with Picard. I watched those with him. Um, I've seen every iteration of Star Trek, not all of all of them. Like I've seen every Next Generation, but I haven't seen every one of the other episodes uh, uh-huh. of the other shows. Yeah, but uh, I like it. It's good. You know, it's definitely a counterpoint to Star Wars. But Star Wars is always, always first in my heart. Obviously, I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> you should watch it. It's good. It, you know, Patrick Stewart is. is it's brilliant, and and since I, I like to name drop, <laughs> I don't know how I got on some list, some Star Trek list at one point, but I got a, and I don't know if I've ever told the story, but I got like this, hey, you know, since you're a fan of Star Trek, Patrick Stewart's coming to Hollywood to do a Christmas story, you know, and and if you see Patrick Stewart does Christmas story by himself on stage, there is nobody else. So it's him doing all the parts and him doing the narration. And I'm like, okay. So I end up getting seats like front row. Huh. And by myself, because nobody wanted to go. And I tell you right now, that was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had because, I, you know, Christmas Story is an amazing story. And seeing, you know, Patrick Stewart, the, the brilliance of him performing it live in front of you was, was just fantastic. So nice. Yep. That's it. That's my story. <laughs> Okay, it's a cool story. Cool story, bro. Yeah, thanks. But it actually is. I'm not just saying that. I know. <laughs> um, I I do know that there have been a couple of things to come out of San Diego Comic Con. Honestly, at this point, I don't really think we need to cover too much of it. If you're interested, there's a lot of stuff about books and stuff like that, um, comics related things, which are very neat, and very cool. If you do want to look into it, um, like it's it's hard because I feel like. Uh, a lot of the times people who listen to our show already know about these types of things if they're interested in them. And if they're not interested in them, then they don't care about us talking about it and they won't know about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, we're not going to be giving a whole lot of analysis about the, the new Kylo uh, 
comic thing. You know, it's cool and we can talk about it, but it's not a whole lot that would go into it. Um, so I would just say if you're really interested, there's nothing major that I'm aware of that's come out of uh, San Diego uh-huh. Comic Con. Well, it's nothing major. Um, some cool things. But uh, I just see, I don't remember what it said. There was something about like the nameplate or some in- information and description on a. Well, well, like the, the, not a nameplate, but like a. They had a display of Stormtrooper costumes. And there's something about one of the descriptions in front of one of the costumes that had to be removed and like was replaced with different text because there was something in there that wasn't supposed to be there or something. I'm not entirely like, sure. What? Oh, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I just saw that it was apparently one of them had the information removed and replaced with other huh. information. I don't know what was taken away, but maybe there's something there. I don't know. I think I think uh, San Diego Comic Con was kind of weak for Lucasfilm. I mean, they had the pavilion, uh, and and I've I've been to San Diego Comic Con where Lucas has a pavilion before. And it's really cool as far as being able to, you know, sort of hawk their wares. They sell all their stuff and. And at that time, I, I don't know if it's still that way, but at that time, her universe is squarely in the Lucasfilm Pavilion. And this year, at least, they actually had, like, the evolution of the Stormtrooper. Right. Uh, you know, and, and then presenting, obviously, the Sith Trooper. Right. Uh, so that's cool. I, I've always... One of the cool things about San Diego Comic-Con, and, and in hindsight, you know, now that I'm such a much bigger fan, I, like, I've always... I grew up with Marvel Comics. I've always been a Marvel comic fanboy. But one of the cool things about when you go to San Diego Comic-Con is... Uh, the first year, or the one of the years I went, it's like here's all the costumes from uh, uh, First Avengers. So they had, you know, the Howling Commandos and Captain America's costume, right? And so you get to see that stuff up close, and and it's it's always cool seeing costumes. Uh, they had Superman, you know, Christopher Reeve's original costume. They had uh, for DC, they had um, uh, Michael Keaton's costume for Batman and so seeing that stuff's awesome and being able to see an actual you know costume uh, from from uh, Rise of Skywalker and all the different Star Wars movies is great although yeah. I, I heard somebody suggest uh, that the Scout Trooper costume may have been from Mandalorian not oh, I didn't from see that Return of the Jedi well I Drew mentioned LA Kings Drew on Twitter mentioned something about that to me but I didn't well, see what he was referencing. Maybe that's what was changed or something that I was just talking about. I, I don't know. It could be. Yeah. And I still think, oh, that's the other thing. So I tweeted out something the other day that, that um, Hasbro had a panel about things that they're releasing. And I guess they're getting into the helmet line, you know? Uh-huh. And so they put out a Boba Fett helmet. That helmet doesn't look like anything from the movies. Okay. Like it looks I'll I'll send you a link to my to the tweet. It looks far more damaged than you see him in Jedi. So you're thinking it's related to the Mandalorian? Possibly. And it looks faded. Like it's been out in the sun. Like it's not quite green, it's it, it's more olive. Okay. It's it's interesting. And it's got it, it's got all the dents in the right place, but it's got more scuffs. Yeah, I would like and to again, see that because that is interesting. And again, again, I, I, God, I, this is my other thing that I hope for the for when all said and done with with you getting is it eight episodes of the Mandalorian? I think it is. So you get eight episodes in falling in love with this character because they want you to obviously like him. 
And since this is written by <laughs> this is written by Filoni and Favreau, you know both of them are into Mandalorians, and clearly, uh, uh, Filoni has an affinity for Boba Fett. And, and they're know, writing season two now. Yes, and if at the end of this, like the the sort of like you know end credit scene, so to speak, is that maybe he's in a bar and a guy sits down next to him, and it's Tamura Morrison. Maybe he's even got the mask that he sets on on the bar with him. Because the thing is, is that is that if Hasbro's why is Hasbro producing a Boba Fett mask now? I you could argue that they're producing popular legacy things with this. Yes, but they just mentioned that they can't show anything from Mandalorian, so they're clearly producing Mandalorian. But wouldn't you yeah. want wouldn't you want to produce the Mandalorian helmet and save the Boba Fett helmet for later? Because if I, you're a guy, well, if, if you're an average person like myself who really loves Mandalorian, specifically Boba Fett, and I don't have a lot of money to spend, you know? Yeah. Uh, and man, here's the Mandalorian, or here's Boba Fett, I'm buying Boba Fett. Well, but and if we they also have. Even, but if they haven't even announced Boba Fett for another year or so, I might buy the Mandalorian. And they have the Force Friday coming up in a, in a couple months yeah. for, for all the Mandalorian. Uh, material uh, merchandise true but it almost feels like you know i don't know i i i I still think there is off the tweet the other thing out there is a really awesome um painting that a guy named brian uh i you know and and i don't know how to pronounce his name but it's r-o-o-d i think it's rude around uh-huh um that he did that has has Django and boba you know almost side-by-side side firing off. And it's like, okay, I'll never get that. But Boba and, you know, the Mandalorian, uh-huh. it would be pretty sweet watching that in action. Yeah, it would be. Because no matter what happens, you're going to want to know what happened to Boba Fett. That's going to be a thing. And if you at least maybe in season two have Boba Fett, you know, hand sort of the mantle over, so to speak, to the Mandalorian, then I, I think people would be comfortable with that. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to get as much, like, I, I feel like if anything, we could get the two of them, like, fighting each other in a cool... No, like... I don't think so. I could well, see I'm, them I'm like... teaming, teaming up against maybe uh, Bounty Hunters. Well, I don't, because the whole, the whole concept and vibe of the Mandalorian seems to be about this bad guy starting to do the right thing. Is kind of in the old west. Is kind of the vibe I've been getting. So I don't know if Boba Fett would be the great pairing for him. Yeah, but, I, but they kind of they kind of play Boba Fett off as that he's not. Well, Boba yeah, Fett is like an antihero in in the in the vein of like a Punisher, so to speak. The way they've they've made him now. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not necessarily yeah. a bad guy. He's just That's you know true. does some huh. bad things. I don't know. I mean, it's what's really cool about this is that honestly, they can do whatever they want. So if that's this stuff that we're talking about, cool. And if they do something else, I hope it's cooler than what we're we're talking about because I want them to do the best that they can do. Uh, but whatever it is, they can do anything at this point with this story, and and so that's kind of neat. Like like at this point, like with episode nine they can't do exactly anything they want. I mean, because for example, they have to work with characters that we already know the, the main Ray, Ben, Poe, Finn, you know, uh, 
here with the Mandalorian, that's what I'm saying. It's a new take on Star Wars. It's one of the more fresh ones that we've done in a while, even with Rogue One and Solo. Those had to be tied to certain various things. So I don't know. I, I'm enjoying the concept of this being another fresh take on Star Wars that we probably haven't really seen in some time. Because again, even with The Force Awakens, you have Han and, and that involvement and references to Vader and all this stuff, all these ties. You can put in ties. Obviously, Favreau is going to be doing that if you follow his tweets and, and the references and stuff like that. But they, it's just, they have the option of doing whatever they want without being tied to anything. And I think that's a really exciting thing for Star Wars. I get, yeah. I just want both that. Well, so if they decide to do that, then cool. Because they can. And, and I wouldn't be surprised. With it, with it being John Favreau and, and uh, Dave Filoni, as you mentioned, who were doing it, it would not be the most shocking thing on the planet if they found a way to make uh, Boba Fett appear in The Mandalorian. That's true. I mean, you already got IG-12 or whatever the heck his name is. And I, I heard someone say Bosk is in it. Yeah, I think I heard that too. Yeah, you know, I don't know if Forlom or Zuckus or whoever else. Dengar. Is in it, but... Oh, Dengar. Man, you get Dengar in here. <laughs> so anyway, um, I feel like, like that's basically your, your Star Wars for the week. Right? I mean, pretty much got in what you would need to know. Uh, hopefully next week. Uh, well, what is, is next week? No, not quite. Mike. We're getting closer to August. We're not there yet. But the closer we get to August means the closer we are to D twenty three. Correct? Yeah. Which supposedly Which... has all the uh, uh, Star Wars stuff, and then I'm also hearing there's more Marvel, Marvel stuff, which will just you know trump the <laughs> Star Wars stuff. So. Because, like, traditionally, know. we get two teasers and one full trailer for a Star Wars movie. And we would typically expect the full trailer to be in October. Which would mean, uh, potentially, D23 might be a nice time to get a second teaser, too. Oh, I don't see why we wouldn't. Or at least, at the very least... <laughs> I mean, here's what I expect. An official trailer for Mandalorian. Some sort of announcement on Cassian End, or a little bit more specific, and possibly an announcement for a third show, uh-huh. maybe a fourth or or a second animated series or what or whatnot. Um, I, I, I do expect a lot of stuff about D, uh, Disney Plus, uh, and maybe their opening day lineup. I don't, I don't know if, it's, if uh, there's a special panel for all that stuff. So who knows? Like you may not get the Mandalorian at a live action panel. But you may get that at the Disney Plus panel if there is such a thing. Right. But I, I would expect that. I would expect, you know, I, I think another trailer is possible. Yeah. Or, yeah uh, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be unreasonable to expect one at that time. Better not show Anakin in it. <laughs> can, can you imagine if, like, some disgruntled employee who had access just, like, puts the end of the movie as the teaser? That'd be funny. Like, on the one hand, you'd get the world to show up and watch it, I'm sure. But at the same time, when it gets to the end, they're like, I've already seen this. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> anyway. he's, like, he's, he's like the Star Wars version of uh, uh, Tyler Durden. But instead of um, putting porn into uh, average movies, he puts, like, the real ending of Star Wars into the trailers. Exactly. Well, I just, I just went deep cut on that. 
<laughs> so that's technically possible at this point that they might still do that. So, hey, you never know. You heard it we here did. first. And then if it doesn't happen, you never heard me say that. Okay. Uh, I feel like, again, like that, that's your Star Wars for the week. I, I'm happy to be back because we, uh, we didn't have one last week, did we? No. Yeah. But it's kind of good, though, because we said, when we said, uh, I was way off about when um, San Diego Comic-Con would be. On our last episode, I said it would be next week, which in actuality was, you know, pretty much this week, so to speak. So, right. And it would be the next episode would be covering it. So, uh, it kind of worked out in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, like, like, I, there really wasn't much to talk about last week. You know, I feel like it's, it's always better for us to have a show where we can actually have things to get to and, and have yeah. an off week as opposed to fill that off week with random stuff. You know, it's about quality, not quantity. That's right. So next episode will be in like five weeks. <laughs> no, because we're going to get some sort of like amazing stuff in this next week to talk about. I'm sure. God, I hope so. I hope so. I, I really know. With like the cover of the visual dictionary leaking and the, and the sticker books and stuff like that. I feel like we're at the start of some stuff starting to come through leading up into uh, Force Friday. And then after Force Friday, it is, I mean, it's just, it, it all starts about this time, I'm thinking. I think we're, we're at the cusp of starting some exciting things. Even better. Yeah. People okay. are uh, chopping at the bits, or champing at the bits, so it's about time. So, uh, thank you, Mark. As always, it's fantastic talking to you and having you on here. And, oh, thanks, uh, pal. Yeah. Sure. I'm just going to sit here and wait for you to say something. No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, and it's always a blast talking to you, Tim. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, oh, is that what you no, wanted? Cool. <laughs> but it would be a lie. Oh, we're going there. All right. Well, it's, it's okay. As long as you keep that private and that way it doesn't get awkward for everybody listening, that's fine. I love um, you. Stop. So, <laughs> so uh, we will be back next time, hopefully again, with some awesome stuff to talk about. And uh, if you have any, you know, thoughts about what we were going over, questions or anything, feel free to send them our way. We love to have stuff to talk about based off of what you guys think. And there are numerous ways, I'm sure you're familiar with them, of how to get through to us, including the Twitter atmosphere, our phone number for texting or calling or whatever it is, email, it's all there. So uh, anyway, I hope everybody enjoys the rest of your week and uh, we will be back next time. Bye, everybody. Yeah, there was a big delay before you said that. Oh, I'm sorry. My timing is not good enough for you. No, actually, I was going to edit it out so that no one would know, and now it just seems awkward. Unless I edit Whatever. this out, too. It seems better now. Don't edit any of it out. Well, well I could just edit everybody, this out. Or I could just move this to the beginning of the show. Everybody can hear how you just berate me and make me feel insignificant. Oh, that's definitely getting edited out. No, it's not. It needs to stay in. It's important. I'm is crying it? now, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>
for the first time ever. This is post-editing Tim here to give you a quick update on something. Uh, basically, I, I just wanted to apologize for those sound issues that you heard through this episode. Believe it or not, it was a lot worse before I got into editing, uh, and there were times when it was there, and now you can't hear it, and then what you can hear was reduced. Um, and what I'm referencing is when you're listening to this episode, if it sounded like you were having connection issues on your Atari, uh, that's what I'm talking about. So um, it's the first time it's happened like that uh, on our end. I wasn't sure what's going on for part of the time it was on my end for part of the time it was on Mark's end. And uh, I think it only impacted our speaking when I was the one speaking and, and on his end when we he was not. So again, for the most part, you should pretty much hear it when I'm the one talking. But anyway, I'm going to look into it and see what was going on so that hopefully we won't have to worry about dealing with this again. Um, but I wanted to let you know that that is what's going on. Unfortunately, we are doing this podcast from opposite sides of the country, so we're not always able to, uh, you know, actually, we're never able to do it in person. Um, but I wanted to let you know that I am looking into that, and hopefully we won't have to deal with it again, hopefully. And uh, also, this is the first time that I've done a post-show editing Tim thing, so now we've done both. Even in this very episode, we had a uh, pre-show editing, although that was a a copy and paste thing, not a behind the scenes thing, but now we have a post one. So, uh, yeah, cool. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> 